fully embroil yourself in this like entity. So my eating disorder just kind of became my personality and my comfort and the thing that brought me the most kind of satisfaction because I felt this kind of um, power that I could tap into in terms of restricting my behavior with food. Setting the bar high in life can be challenging. While chasing our passion and curiosity to experience struggle and eventually finding success, stories are valuable in ways we may never understand until that one person says something that resonates with us, then boom, it all clicks. This is the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. Welcome back to the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. My guest today is Summer Badui. Summer is the founder and owner of the dessert company spelt DSRT. She's a chocolate wizard creating all types of different combinations and flavors and designs. You can find Summer on Instagram at the dessert company. So DSTR on Instagram. Summer, welcome to the Bar High Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me, Spencer. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. When I got that message from you, I think it was last week when you're like, hey, I'm trying to sign up. Um, (laughs) I got super excited because like, you know, I remember I'd reached out to you a month or two ago and you mm-hmm. I think you're at a busy point in your season with with everything mm-hmm. and um, yeah and you know usually I kind of throw the uh, invitation out there to people and I just kind of sit back and wait until yeah. they're ready to come on board um, instead of like pressuring and stuff like that right because I get okay. all excited like I'll have an idea I'd be like oh this person's going to be really great to have on the podcast or I'm like really curious about what they have going on currently at the time and uh, yeah when when you reached back out to me I was like okay sweet here we go let's get it going right so <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's 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 a good feeling too right because it, it it also just it, uh, proves to me that okay I'm on the right track people actually want to be on the podcast and, and you know sure. uh, have this opportunity so I'm just curious, have you ever been on a podcast before? So I don't think a podcast. No, I've done um, just like within the past month, which is the first time ever for my business that I've needed to do any of this stuff, um, like an IG live show with my friend Alyssa from Darling Donuts. And then off of TikTok, I met this gentleman named Dre Pale. And he does like snack reviews and stuff, but he has a business show on Rogers TV. So Oh, I did wow. that and I had I had technical issues that day too so I obviously need to upgrade my <laughs> my IT capacity over here. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's just those things that you just don't think about when you are um, you know, the technician or the creator, right? Like, you know, you're yeah. in the kitchen doing all the work and creating all the magic, right? And then you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh shoot, I got to get a camera. What? I got to get like a headphones and now I'm doing all these conversations and media stuff, right?" And, uh, you know, it's just something that you don't think of. So, hey, it's all good. You'll get there. Um, But it's great, though, that you've um, decided to, like, I guess, expand marketing in a way, right? Like you're you're actually Mm -hmm. trying um, to to see how else can you get the word out about your your business and stuff. Um, I mean, even though you are at your your, like capacity with um, your your orders and everything like we were just talking before, right? Like, you know, things are going really well for you. And like I said, I'm extremely extremely proud of you um because you and i have been friends now for i think more than a decade right for some time and yeah and uh you know it's 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 been great to watch your journey through social media and everything like that and you know like like i've said like i'm sure there's been ups and downs and stuff like that but like i want to i want to hear about how you know this 
all came to the surface for you. So what was the day that you're like, you know what, I'm really curious about baking. Was this in high school? Was this in elementary school? Like where, where did this all begin for you? So I baked a lot in high school. And okay. the reason for that for me, so when I was 16, I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa okay. and I was hospitalized within that year. And that kind of was the catalyst for everything for me my whole life, because I stayed in and out of treatment centers. I missed my high school graduation. I didn't, I missed my scholarship for university. It kind of derailed my life. And anorexia was kind of my whole life for like eight years. So. I baked a lot because of that. And it drove me to learn everything about food, which is funny because I was inherently afraid of eating and right. I didn't eat. <laughs> and so a part of that piece for eating disorders is usually preoccupation with, with food. And right. so I satisfied that by cooking for people and baking for people and everyone loved it. Like I would always bring tons of stuff to events and my family was always asking me to bake stuff. And then, um, Throughout university, I kind of stopped because I was busy and I was a university student and mm. I was dealing with other issues at that time. And then when I graduated, I couldn't find a job <laughs> and I became extremely depressed because I had a master's degree and I felt like my whole life I'd worked so hard and all of a sudden it's just like, I can't do anything. I felt useless. Right. And so mm. I started a blog and the food blog was called Feeding My Addiction. And it actually did really well, which shocked me at that time, because I was basically taking something like, I don't know, pumpkin pie and making it gluten free, vegan, like refined sugar free, all of these like things. And so the blog was really about baking healthy and trying to get my eating disorder recovery on the right track by saying, okay, you don't have to view food as good or bad. It's about balancing your diet and being able to connect with your food in a more meaningful way instead of feeling like every time I needed to eat, it would like ruin my day. Mm. So um, I did the blog. And then from that, people were like, we need to buy this stuff, especially the protein donuts, which Spencer, you know, all about those all about those. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the perfect bite grew from that kind of like lineage. And then when I started working with chocolate, the dessert company kind of just like took over everything. It was like, with baking, I really felt like every day was a struggle. <laughs> it's really hard to get yourself out there. And then with COVID, hundreds of baking businesses started because right. all of these people were at home and it was something accessible that people could kind of create an income from, especially if they had lost their income. And so the competition in baking just made it that much harder, even though I had already been in that space for, for a few years. So for me, it was just kind of a sign that when I started working with chocolate, I got so much more reach. So I just decided to do that and then kind of create a whole new business instead of just riding off of the back of the perfect bite. I wanted to separate those two ideas in people's minds. So, wow. Wow. So there's a lot to dig in there. So let's yeah. bring this right back. Let's talk a bit about the anorexia stuff. If you're, if you're comfortable mm. with it, mm -hmm. what was the, like trigger towards that because like I, like it, it's okay sorry you're good <laughs> um so like what was the trigger towards that because like it, it is really interesting how it's like you know you you were dealing with you know not um eating you had a discomfort with it but you were always around it so mm -hmm. you know i i've never been in that position so i i don't know what it is that you went through 
Um, so if you could elaborate more on somebody that has gone through that, what is it that you think when you are around food? Um, why is it that you chose to not eat when you knew you had to? So um, a lot of um, particularly young women, I can only speak from that experience, but men certainly struggle with anorexia as well. A lot of the motivation um, is usually a lot of people who are overachievers and type A personalities and people who have really high standards for themselves. And what the anorexia does is it allows you to um, fully embroil yourself in this like entity. So my eating disorder just kind of became my personality and my comfort and the thing that brought me the most kind of satisfaction because I felt this kind of um, power that I could tap into in terms of restricting my behavior with food. So if I was forced to eat, for example, like in the hospital, they force feed you. So my weight, um, I basically went into cardiac arrest. So that's what got me to the hospital. And so at that point, they put you on tube feeding usually to get you to a stable position. And it just felt like my whole world was being taken away from me. Like everything that I kind of had poured myself into just felt like I was just, I was my eating disorder. Like I didn't know how to disconnect them. And when, especially with really severe eating disorders, your whole day becomes structured around this thing. Like I would wake up and I would think, okay, these are the calories I'm going to have today. How am I going to burn them off? And how do I avoid interacting with people like going out for dinner or seeing my family? How do I avoid all of that? So um, baking gave me that ability because I'd be like, no, look, I'm fine. I'm baking all these cookies. Like here, eat them, like distract people from, from noticing kind of what's going on. And especially in the beginning when you're just losing weight, people are very quick to be like, good job. You know, you're losing weight. Congratulations. You look wonderful. And they don't understand that the it can be a really toxic component that drives people, whether it's anorexia or bulimia or other eating disorders that fall under that umbrella. It can be Were, were there compliments to... enforcing that? Were you looking for those compliments as well as being like, okay, good, like this is working, like I'm going to continue to mm. go down this path? For sure. I think I was bullied when I was younger. I was chubby. I was the only minority at my elementary school. And so growing up, I kind of had this idea that like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like I'm different. There's something inherently wrong with who I am. And when I started to lose weight, all of a sudden people start to notice you and become more interested in you. And so for sure, it wasn't the whole, like vanity isn't the entire component of an eating disorder. It's just the piece, but it can definitely help reinforce some of those like negative behaviors. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Being bullied and, you know, like you said, being a minority, like those are very mm. challenging things because you're trying to find acceptance, you're trying to be included, and you're just trying to find your place in, uh, you know, a, a school that may be more white or more black or whatever, right? And it's just kind of sure. like, you know, a little bit more challenging. And, and uh, do you mind sharing your background with everybody? Oh, yeah. So my family is Egyptian. Okay. So we're North African. Um, it's a Muslim majority country. And the languages there are Arabic and French usually, but lots of people speak English there um, now too. But yeah, so Egypt. Um, did you, uh, you, so you weren't born here in Hamilton, right? I'm assuming or? So I was, and then I went back when I was little. Um, okay. A lot more than I did as an adult. And my family, like my, both my parents are Egyptian citizens. Like they immigrated here. 
Okay. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah. re- that's really cool. Um, okay. So, okay. You're in high school, you know, you're now baking, you're using this, like, I, I, I don't want to say as like a cover, um, it was just mm-hmm. kind of a way to distract people from, you know, looking at you and, you know, you're just trying to give justification that, you know, you're healthy, you're doing all the right things. Yeah. Um, you know, did you notice when you were going through, uh, you know, cutting out the calories and everything? Like, wh- why did, why was that something that you were so focused on as well was like, you know, I, I, like I had X amount of calories, but I also need to cut out the same amount of calories. Why was that something that, um, you know, was something that um, was like, empowering to you because you had said that mm-hmm. like you felt like you're really in control and mm-hmm. that was something that you felt like empowered by mm-hmm. i think um both the food restriction and the over exercising just so you were exercising said, as well too at yeah that time? really i was okay. running a lot like every okay. day <laughs> yeah um and i think it just gave me something to focus on that I felt like I was getting positive feedback from, Okay. you know, I mean, we, so much of us, and you know, this working with clients at the gym, right? Weight loss can be difficult or changing your body can be difficult and being young and having an eating disorder combined, those results happen like fast um, because I was metabolically healthier (laughs) for the most part. Mm. Um, So it was just the, kind of seeing the physical representation of like hard work being like okay like my parents got divorced when I was in high school pretty much about this time you know you're applying for university you're you're doing all of these things my friends were going in one direction and I kind of felt like I didn't have a place and so I created my own like environment for myself to like thrive in as I thought wasn't thriving right but that's how I viewed the situation Okay. So you're in the hospital. Mm. You're coming out of the hospital. What's the mind shift now? Where did you start to see that things started to pick up for you? Or were you still really dealing with that uh, mindset that you had created for yourself where you felt like you were in control? Yeah, I, I would say that like eight year period. So from like 16 to early 20s, was just like a roller coaster. There would be a whole year where I would feel like I was eating healthy and going to the gym and taking care of myself. And I was motivated with goals that were external to the eating disorder stuff. And then there was entire years that I just crumbled and, and everything kind of went back. And I actually stayed in hospitals in the States for a long time um, in Philadelphia and in Florida. And then I'd come back and I'd be back in the hospital here. And it was just like in and out, in and out, in and out. And then I just eventually one day was like, I can't do this anymore. I got, I was sitting in a lecture at Max. It was like a third year lecture. It had nothing to do with health. I was just really like fed up with everything. And I just left my lecture and I went to the grocery store and was like, hey, I'm doing this the right way. I signed up for a gym, bought all this like healthy food. And it was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just like tried as much to not look back and, and to create new habits. Wow. Okay. So you had mentioned you're over in the state side. You didn't go to the state side specifically for the hospitals, I'm assuming, or I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. And so were they were like treatment hospitals. Yeah. So in the states, you know, their healthcare system is different, right? It's private. Mm-hmm. Definitely was fully private at the time. And in Canada, I was waiting for a bed at the only hospital in Canada that offers eating disorder residential treatment. 
and at maybe not Canada, but definitely within like Ontario. Okay. And I think Canada, maybe things are different now. And so I was waiting and it was going to be like a three year wait. So my team at Mac <laughs> of doctors sent me, yeah, it's bad. They sent me or sponsored me to go to this place called the Renfrew Center. And they have multiple centers throughout the United States. And it's a fully residential program. So you live there, you eat there, you do group therapy, they control your medication. Like it's an all-inclusive kind of, like an all-inclusive resort, but <laughs> not, not not very resorty. Right. Yeah. 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 There's no beach. <laughs> no, there wasn't a Florida one. It was close. Oh, there was shoot. a pool. Yeah, it was really, it was really nice for what it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, you're traveling out there. You're you're going to these hospitals. And mm -hmm. okay, so is it because you kept on like I guess we would call it like relapsing, right? You kind of went back yeah. to you know cutting out the foods and looking restricting, at the yeah. restricting, right? So, yeah. um. You know, were these your decisions? Were you like in in the you're being forced to do these things? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it's great that your parents um, saw that you you needed the help, and and you know, it's mm -hmm. it's very unfortunate that that okay, you know, you have you know this young lady who's going through something that's very serious, but there's a three year wait period that just does not make any sense to me at all. Yeah. Um, Okay, so it's great that you're able to go to the stateside now. Were you like, did you embrace the help? Or were you really like negative towards it at the time? Were you, did you like, you know, kind of push back? Oh, I went crazy, Spencer. I went crazy. Like I felt like it's like somebody taking away the most important thing and eating disorders and kind of um, substance abuse can go hand in hand in a lot of times. And you see those com comorbidities, right? Mm. Um, substance abuse and alcoholism and, and other mental health disorders like anorexia um, usually tend to get lumped together. And most people suffer from multiple of those. And so it was like people were taking away the one thing that I was trying to hold on to. I tried running away. I was awful to my family and my friends. I would lie and I would, I threw my dad's like wallet with his like hospital pass like out the window one time when we were oh, driving because I was like I'm not going back like right. I was like I ran away while I was in the hospital they had to lock it down it was like very <laughs> dramatic <laughs> wow yeah it was bad like it was very dramatic I just couldn't like I just felt like I can't I couldn't accept it you know it was just mm. like I refused to be I refused to let you take this away from me and so I fought like I fought really hard Wow. And and this is, uh, you know, like you had said, after high school too, right? This is going into like yeah. university and all that. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like I, I will never understand what it feels like to be in that position. But, mm -hmm. you know, battling for control, I know for everybody day to day is extremely challenging. And then when for you sure. find that control, no matter what that might be, um, good or bad, yeah, it must have been very hard for you to let go like you would just mention like like that because you, you you're like okay I, I have something that i i get to see as as like continuous results you know what i mean whether they're yeah. good or bad and and now you're taking that away from me and mm -hmm. okay so when was the last time you went to the hospital that you started to see the light um so i think it was like 2008 or nine. Okay. 
yeah was the like the last time i was in a hospital and then i How stayed in been? outpatient 20 21 somewhere around there um okay. and then i stayed in part of like outpatient programs so lots of eating disorder clinics lots of everything clinics will have outpatient programs to kind of monitor you and i stayed mm. with that until i was like in my mid-20s and then i was just like no i'm too busy for for all of this stuff <laughs> all of this stuff like i just couldn't i couldn't I, like i had a job i was like i can't drive to, right. to the hospital like multiple times a week to to continue to get like therapy and stuff so um yeah that was probably the last time and i feel like the shift just i had to allow myself permission to be something greater than that okay. i had to literally look at myself and be like you can do better than this <laughs> i know you don't believe you can do better than this but you can and the mm -hmm. only difference between someone who's succeeding and someone who's failing and staying stuck is that they're deciding not to give themselves that permission right because mm -hmm. we we get bogged down in in kind of those habits and it doesn't have to be something as serious as as living or dying it can be something you know a relationship it can be a job it can be anything family dynamics for some people um but if you keep accepting that that's where you deserve to be stuck you'll never move on because that's it's right. like you're complacent right mm -hmm. so i had to face that and that was not pleasant <laughs> right and, that, and that's the thing you got to learn how to change the story right and yeah. you know i could i could relate to that on on that level like i i, I don't know if you know but i i grew up with adhd and i was on ritalin mm. and all that stuff and a learning disability and like that was always the the thought in my head as i i'm stupid i'm never going to learn anything i'm always going to be the kid with adhd i can't sit still like there was multiple titles that came along with uh, being diagnosed with that. And, you know, one day just to kind of relate to, to you, like I just said, I I've had enough of this like self-sabotage mindset where, you know, I, I would just use it as, as an excuse for everything. And then one day I got off Ritalin and I just said, I'm going to take charge and I'm going to mm -hmm. become a better version of myself. Right. And yeah. so for you, you know, when you're in, you said th third year at Mac, mm -hmm right um you went to the grocery store and when you walked into that grocery store that day was it that was it the the food did you kind of like grab everything and go <laughs> like you know i'm just gonna eat and i'm just going to yeah. accept it and i'm gonna change the story because like you know i i don't know what your level of education was at that time around nutrition mm -hmm. but you know, what was what was that the foods for you that allowed you to, to keep the ball or the momentum going forward that made you become more concrete in your foundation to know that, you know, I'm reinforcing the positive um, selections or decisions that you're making at this moment? For sure. I think at that time, I... I became a health nut, honestly. Um, I went all into like a paleo lifestyle. Cool. I, yeah, like I, everything, pretty much anything I wanted to eat, I would make it. Like awesome. that was like how I viewed things because I thought I'm afraid to eat. I'm afraid to get bigger. I'm afraid to relinquish control. So what's the next best thing, right? Is to eat, but with purpose and healthily with nutrition being like the the forefront so i went and i just remember picking up like everything i got like 
chicken and all of these different like lean meats. I got like quinoa and rice and sweet potatoes and kale and like all of this healthy chia seeds. Like I just went nuts. Amazing. And at the time, yeah. those foods weren't really as popular as they are now. No, like but... I, I was very much like on the fr- <laughs> on the fringe and podcasts actually were like the number one thing for me. I would listen to a podcast every day about paleo diet and how I could like restore my gut health because at that point my body couldn't digest food like I was having a really hard time and it was physically painful for me to eat so you know bone broth every day and collagen and all of these things like it was I went very much like down that rabbit hole and it was the most comfort the most comfortable jump I I felt like I could make at that time right and that's the thing too like because you started or so you embraced more on the healthier side of foods you started to feel that positive um, sure. you know, energy and drive and, you know, the education component, which was going to be my next question. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you start to educate your mind, it gives you justification that, okay, this is the right choice. These things here mm-hmm. are obviously what these other people that, you know, run these podcasts or are on these mag or in these magazines, like, you yeah. know, they look a certain way because they eat these foods, right? And so it was great that you started to educate yourself as well and just, you know, trial and error. I'm, I'm sure there's some foods that yeah. you didn't like or whatever. Yeah. And the only way you 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 know is if you try them, right? Try, yeah. um, I'm just curious, what were you in university for? Uh, so I did a double honors program of political science and physical anthropology. Um which Whoa. like felt yeah it was, <laughs> yeah and now you're baking okay all right and now all i right. know sorry <laughs> sorry mom and dad <laughs> sorry mom and dad thank you i'm super educated yeah. but hey i mean you know what backup plan backup plan, yeah right yeah sure. uh, i'm just curious okay if you didn't get into baking mm. where would you have taken all of that because i don't to me, I have no clue where I would go with, with that. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious. And, and what was the passion behind getting into those topics specifically? Yeah. So um, I, I felt like I really needed to be the typical minority student. Okay. So I wanted to be a doctor like my father. Mm. And if I wasn't going to be a doctor, then I was going to be a lawyer. And okay. so the, I actually did apply to law school and then I changed my mind last minute and did my master's instead and then the plan was to go to law school after that and I felt like I had struggled for so long that I really wanted the payoff to be something like huge and so it was like law school or nothing like at that point it was just what I wanted to do I did the LSAT did well had my letters of reference had everything kind of like lined up to do that and then by the time I finished my master's I was just like my brain I felt like was fried. Like I, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So I was like, maybe I can go to law school later. But for now, I'm just gonna switch gears and like work for a bit. So okay, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean that is a lot of time to invest into education and, and, you know, yeah, like the doctor or a lawyer, those are not hard things or sorry, those are not easy things to get into. <laughs> They're not hard, depending on the person. Um, I definitely know I would not last long. Um, but oh, yeah, like, you know, it's crazy because you're right there. You could have just said, here, here's my resume, mm-hmm. you know, pass a couple more tests and, and yeah. walk to the door. Right. Like, um, yeah. so 
when your mind and obviously like yeah you're going through hot, a very stressful time too right trying to figure out your nutrition and health and um you know okay so why is it that you decided to take that step back what what like was the passion gone for you at that time like or like for law school yeah like why why yeah. is it that you didn't because you've already put forth so much effort into where you wanted to be with those things and then you just did mm -hmm. a hard stop and started working so i'm just curious like you know were you afraid to, what your parents might have thought of you or yeah. you know like what was what was that deciding factor where you're like i'm just not in it anymore yeah so for me i mean the the parent the parental disappointment is that was gonna be uh, a factor for sure um unfortunately so third year um my stepmom passed away from brain cancer and what happened um, what happened to me at that moment was not to process it like I should have, but to basically just try not to. And I ended up developing a panic disorder. So I had really severe anxiety and panic attacks to the point where like I couldn't leave the house. And that followed me. <laughs> and as my stress levels got worse, they got worse to the point where like I couldn't go to the grocery store. And I was living in London, so like I didn't know anybody. I was just like out there, just like stuck pretty much. And so by the end of my master's degree, my mental health was not there. And so I looked at the situation and thought if my stress levels are gonna get worse with law school, and they are most definitely, it's a stressful program, how am I gonna mentally be able to take care of myself? Like I almost lost my position in my master's program because I was missing so many classes and I was embarrassed. I didn't wanna tell people oh, I have panic attacks because I don't know how to deal with anything. And so I just was like, yeah, I'm sick. And, you know, a master's program, it was rigorous. So if you miss a certain amount of classes, you face probation. And without a medical document proving that I actually had this problem, I wasn't allowed back into the program. So it got pretty dicey for a while there. And I just thought, like, even if I wanted to go to law school, I'm going to get kicked out. Like, I can't function. So it was it, the disappointment piece kind of fell to the wayside because I just couldn't do it. So yeah, it was just a very practical reason for me. It was just like, yeah, I'm out. I can't, I'm not, I'm not well enough to like continue. So. And at the time you were still baking and everything as well. You still using that yeah. as, as your source of like uh, fulfillment or passion driven, I guess you can say, right. Yeah. Um, not as much at that time, but okay. certainly as things got better. Yes. More yeah. So um yeah. so 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 baking has always kind of like followed you through yeah. everything right like you know how people are like yeah. oh i need to meditate as my form or exercise as their way of like you know like releasing whatever stressors yeah. or you know and it's it's yeah like it's good that you realized that you needed to take a step back and and mm -hmm. and like let yourself recover um um, psychologically right because yeah For like sure. why add more stress why try to put something um you know in front of you if you just generally aren't focused on it because like at the end of the day it's just going to do more harm than good right um For sure. and so you're in london ontario right uh right now i'm at hamilton but at the time yeah i was in london 
Okay, no, no, I know that. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's just. Oh, okay. I was uh, like, like yeah. UK, like you were that far away. Oh um, yeah, London, Ontario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, at least that you're still close to home and everything, close, which is good. Yeah. Um, but okay, so mm. you, 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 did you finish or did you just, you just kind of took a step back and? No, I, I did finish. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. I had to redo my thesis a couple of times, but I got yeah. It done. Well, it's good. I mean, it's yeah. great to hear that you did. You did. You know, like sometimes people will, will will like step away and then never go back. And so I, I'm sure there's a side of you that you're like, okay, I just need to get it done. Right. I've done all this work. I just need to get it done. So I, that's amazing. Sure. And um, that's great mm -hmm. that you were able to get it finished. Okay. So now you're, you're taking a step back. Um, and, and I'm assuming is this when, you know, baking started to really come to the surface for you and, and you started for to sure. see that this is something that you wanted to do as a career. So what, what did that look like for you? When did you make that decision that, you know, th this is something you genuinely find a sense of release, happiness, and now a career out of yeah i think um that realization came from working in an office okay. <laughs> so not unlike you i have adhd as well and working in an office felt and it was a fantastic place i worked at the y in the immigration and employment services um, department okay my boss was amazing um my coworkers are amazing i still keep in touch with a lot of those people today but the physical being in an office and working in an office, I just felt like I was so depressed. I felt like I was brain dead, to be honest with you. I just couldn't, I'd look at everybody sitting at the desk and doing their work and I'd be like, why can't I do it? Like, why? Like I, my brain is just ping ponging back and forth all day long from task to task, to task, to task, to task, sitting still and doing paperwork. I just couldn't do it. Like I, I just felt like I was going insane and I have to come up with all these excuses to leave the office just so I could like be outside yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like walk around and like, mm -hmm. it just felt like I was spending eight hours trying to convince people that I could, that I was doing my job, but I wasn't really doing a good <laughs> job. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I was just like trying to like be creative. I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I pretend that I'm good at this right. job? Like, yeah. oh, wow. Um, so it was a huge struggle, not to say that I slacked off or anything like that, but it was just, it was internally difficult for me to do that. And basically when the clock would hit 4.30, I would run to the gym. Like I would just run because I was like, I need to, I felt like I need to feel something other than like that mental pain of like not being able to accomplish tasks that everybody else seems to have an easy time with. Like there's something wrong with me that I can't do that. So um yeah so it was working in an office where i was just like i can't i can't do this but that being said it was great because i could bake for people every day and and have that feedback right away of being yeah. like, what works what doesn't what do people like what mm. what are they most excited about so yeah that part was good <laughs> that's that well hey like yeah sitting all day drives me absolutely nuts and that's what i do now for mm -hmm. my job and that's why i do you know triathlons and ultra marathons because i need yeah. to make up for that time sitting right for um it sure, yeah. yeah though it, it's good though that you know you you didn't just get comfortable with it because a lot of people say you know what this is my job this is my life and i'm just gonna deal with it you know and like there's always like a little voice in the back of her head that says you need to get out of this situation now or you're yeah. going down a dark hole so you know okay so you're you're baking and um working your your job at the y and 
you know, we'll get into the fitness stuff in a little bit, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's great that you were still doing it. It was still your outlet. So did you go from the why straight into baking or did you find other jobs along the way? Like, how did you yeah. make that transition to make it now a full-time job? Yeah, I got, um, I, w- I don't call, I want to call it an internship. It was like somewhere between an internship and full employment, but I worked at a bakery downtown. Okay. And that's what really like, that was like a crash course in, in baking 101. I never worked at a place like that. And the yeah. only reason I got the job was because of my blog. Oh, so amazing. I basically attached it to my resume and was mm. like, I know that this doesn't provide the level of experience you're looking for, but I know what I'm doing and I'm passionate and I can learn really, really quickly. So I was very lucky that um, that they advocated for me in terms of believing that I could do it and I met some great people there too and it I learned a lot that's awesome and I think that was really important to do that first yeah absolutely so okay so you started you had your blog um and like what education is needed for someone to be a baker like is there schooling and certifications and stuff like that to be even Mm. accepted to come into the kitchen yeah so typically you would be a pastry chef if it's a reputable institution a pastry chef for sure and that's uh, a culinary degree that you would get at culinary school and it's um, usually like a year or two program where you're actually learning every aspect in terms of the chemistry food preparation and sanitization like every step of of the kind of food production um, system okay so they let you be a part of their business without you having to go to school yeah that's yeah. amazing <laughs> Wow. Very lucky. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Because you yeah. know what? Sometimes certifications aren't everything, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't like you may be very knowledgeable, book smart, but if you can't put that stuff into practice and be yeah. practical about the things that you're learning, mm-hmm. it's just you just know a lot of knowledge, right? Um, now, did yeah, you have to go sure. back to school for that? I was going to, and part of um staying at the bakery was going to be an opportunity to potentially go to culinary school subsidized. And then I ended up having to leave that position just because the hours were not working for me. And um, I was looking for a specific position that just didn't open up. So I left to start my business and that, so I just never went that route. And after owning a business for like five years, I was like, okay, I don't think I talked to people about like, is it worth it for me to go to culinary school? Like, is it something that I'm going to benefit from? And most of the time they're like, not at this point. Like you've, you've kind of put in all of the work to, to learning everything. Um, culinary school is kind of like, you know, in high school or in even elementary school, you learn one thing and then you progress and then they're like, okay, well, what we told you wasn't like everything. Like now you need to learn this piece. (laughs) And then you think that that's everything. And then you get Mm -hmm. there and you're like, that's actually not it. But now that you're smart enough to understand this concept, we go. So culinary school covers a lot of things, but not in super depth. Okay. And so I was like, "Mm, it's expensive too. Like running a business. I didn't have the time to like go back and forth to school. So I wish it's something that I did, but yeah. Why is it something that you wish you did? I think just legitimacy. Um, I think because I'm such a like overachiever, I'm like, no, I should have got like the official designation so that people could like recognize immediately that like I'm capable of like this baseline of work. But 
I didn't. So. <laughs> um, so why uh, is it like imposter syndrome almost like comparing in Probably. a way to somebody that has the paperwork over somebody that doesn't like, yeah. have you, have you noticed that in the industry that is something that is brought up in conversation? It's not. And um, I had a friend who's a pastry chef help me with like the last production uh, for Valentine's Day. And she was like, you would have to teach me about chocolate. Like, I don't know nearly as much and in the same depth that you do about a lot of these things. So she's like, in a lot of ways, you're more legitimate in, in certain aspects. And she was like, it doesn't make you a worse chef. And she still would refer to me as a chef even though in my mind, I'm like, I'm not good enough to be an, a legitimate chef. So um, I don't think it's necessarily something other people brought up. It's just how I felt about the situation. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Chef Summer. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm now going to call you chef. Uh, no, that, that, <laughs> that's really interesting. I never thought about that because like, you know, you look at like personal trainers and the same thing, right? Like, you know, you mm -hmm. could just learn a lot, be, you know, worked out since you were a little kid and stuff like that. And yeah, you don't have to get the certification. It's just a piece of paper that says you are certified, right? I guess for insurance for sure. purposes or whatever, right? It all depends yeah. on what that certification gives you, right? Um, to yeah, be able to work sure. in the gym, et cetera. But yeah, like now that you are um, your own business, right? Yeah, you don't really mm -hmm. need that, right? You already have mm -hmm. the um, validation of of your of your art. You know what I mean? It is it is art literally in my my eyes. Like it's not like you're Thank just you. making something and there's nothing else <laughs> to it, right? Like no, you're putting some yeah. detail, a lot of detail and effort mm -hmm. into the taste and the design, the style of it, right? So um sure. you know what was your first um like thought when you're like holy crap i'm now gonna go out on my own so you go from the the bakery and and now you're like i'm gonna create my own business like mm -hmm. like did you have anybody in your family that was like you need to go and build your own business or, or or a friend like like how did that come to the surface that you you felt you know confident enough to to grab onto that and really like make it come come to reality because like that's mm -hmm. a big step right like it a risky a step, step right it is very risky yeah um i think i kind of had both voices in my life in terms of like family and friends that were like why are you why are you making life difficult for yourself like why are you pursuing something where there's no guarantee when you could like you're an intelligent person you could go get a job that's mm. comfortable and you're earning a salary and all of those types of things and then i had the people who were like you're so talented like you could do this 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 and like mm. were like hyping me up so i had yeah. both and that um certainly contributed to a lot of conflict for me as an individual because they're right i picked the harder road for sure like i <laughs> i always pick the harder road and i don't know why i do that sometimes oh it's good so, that's amazing yeah, you got to take so, you got to take the, the road that gives you the most resistance. Right. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, like I, I chose the, the the easier route for the longest time. I always mm. thought like, you know what, I want the easy route in school. I was like, give me the easy shit. I just want to get done <laughs> and, and move on. Right. And the more that yeah. I, you know, became more mature as 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 a, as a man, I was like, OK, like life is a bitch and you got to just roll mm. with the punches and you know, take on the harder routes if you want to get to the position in your life that you generally want to be in. Right. And, For you know, sure. it's, a, it's it, like, it's amazing though, that you were just taking, um, it's amazing that you took the harder route 
regardless if you were thinking about it being hard or not right because mm-hmm. you know you saw the opportunities there and like how you how you mentioned about university and either lawyer or doctor how it's like you're going to have a big payoff at the end right and so mm-hmm. i don't know what your big payoff is going to be now being a chef and a business owner and i look forward mm-hmm. to hearing what the answer is but it's 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 amazing though that you were so willing to not cuz like the easy route would have been going back into just getting a job and calling it a day and you knew that was very yeah. uncomfortable for you right and yeah it would have mm-hmm. been cool salary pension whatever but like that's not everything in life right and it's like what yeah. brings you that genuine enjoyment and that's a beautiful thing that now you've taken the, the harder route so okay mm-hmm. you decided to go become a business what did those yeah. steps look like um those steps were chaotic so <laughs> so the first thing that i did um and i was lucky that my job at the y involved entrepreneurship so one of the programs that I worked on was actually helping kids start a business over the summer. Oh, so and cool. So, yeah, it's a, it was a great program. I hope it still exists. But it basically would give them a few thousand dollars as long as they could prove what are you using it for? How are you going to make money? Like a business plan, but very simplistic, right? And some of those programs were actually for kids, but also for young adults and for adults and for all of these different things. And because I partnered with the city on that program, I got to learn a bit about those. So when I was thinking of starting my own business, I immediately applied for Starter Company, which is a government program that basically there's seminars and classes and lectures, and then they help you write a business plan, do your cash flow for, you know, whatever a year, and then you have to pitch it to a panel of people, and then you either get the money or you don't. Mm-hmm. So I got the money throughout that program. It was just like 5000 I think. But it helped with startup costs. Of course. And then, yeah. yeah. And How then the legal the side of running a business. It was like a couple months, I think. Okay. Um, like maybe three or four, um, like total. But there's like a period in, where they're delegating and they have to pick who's getting the program and stuff. Right. So, yeah. That day when you got uh, in front of the panel... How did that feel? Like you have your business plan, what, 30, 40, 50 pages, right? I'm assuming, yeah. give or take. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how, how does that word presenting it now? Like, you know, I mean, when you're, you know, going through uh, law school and everything, like you're, you're in front of people all the time. So you've already kind of mm-hmm. conquered those fears, right? Yeah. But now you're saying like, give me money for my business. So yeah. <laughs> like, how, how did that look? Exactly. Like, how did you have to present that? In my head, I felt like I was very, like, not confident and I did not present a good case at all. <laughs> but I hope in practice and the feedback that I got from the judges was that, was that it was a strong presentation. It's very bizarre to think about your business in that way in terms of trying to convince people, like, believe in me when you have those doubts about yourself. So luckily I'm good at performing. I'm a Leo. So I just, (laughs) I'm good at just doing whatever, no matter how I feel inside, I'm always able to kind of like separate those two things. So I think for the presentation, I was able to convey that, listen, what I'm doing is different. Here's how I plan to keep bringing new things to the table that other people aren't doing. Like protein donuts at that time, nobody would even know what that is. Like I was really trying to like, every time I did something, make it different and make it interesting and convey that like my life's experience has been 
very all over the place. <laughs> and so I think that puts me in a unique position to offer something unique because I didn't necessarily go through the steps that most people go through to get to, you know, point A to point B. So. No, that's, that's amazing. Um, okay. So you, you get the grant for the starter business and mm -hmm. okay. So $5,000, like, I mean, to some people that's like, Oh, that's nothing. But like, that's a lot of money when you're just starting out. Starting right? out so, yeah, for sure. Okay. So now you're getting into the legal side of things. What does that look mm -hmm. like? So for business, the big things are you need licensing and you okay. need zoning. And so zoning is basically saying your building is good to operate it at what it is. And when I was trying to pick what I was going to do, I was considering all of these things, including working at a commercial kitchen, trying to do the math and figure if that makes sense. And then I found something like a little like loophole in the city that's called a home occupation. So home occupation is basically a specific kind of license to work at your house or to run a business out of your house. It doesn't work for everything, but at that kind of crucial decision, deciding juncture, um, I found that and decided to apply for a home occupation license and go through the zoning and licensing to operate the business from the house. So I renovated the basement, made sure I had everything that I needed in order to get my public health, um, like green pass sign for the health inspection and do the zoning and, and the caterer's license and all the stuff that I needed. And, and that was pretty much it. And I started a sole proprietorship at that time too, for the business. So I, I licensed the perfect bet big shop and did all of that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Um, it's great that you were, um, you know, thinking like, okay, like, cause obviously you want to cut the overhead costs as much as you can. So you could use that money to really enforce your business. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and cover those, those, um, you know, legal expenses, right? Um, I'm sure they weren't mm. cheap. So, you know, it's great too that, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming this is with your parents or your own house that you're able to do this? Um, no, I did it at my mom's house. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Because she had the basement kind of just like chilling and it already had a kitchen in it. So I was like, okay. Awesome. She was, lo she, my mom is so sweet. So she was like a huge supporter and helped me with like all of that stuff. So, did, did your mom, yeah. did your mom get you into baking by any chance? Like who taught you baking? She used to bake a lot for me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, but like she had her like things that she liked to bake, you know, yeah. like there was like designated things that like my mom would make for us that were like so nostalgic and comforting. Um, I would say I more like hijacked baking from her rather oh. than her teach me. <laughs> yeah, like I just kind of was like, this is mine now. And I would steal her recipe books and like look Sweet. through everything and like make a mess in the kitchen. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was more aggressive. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, we'll get more into that. So, um, okay, now you, you, you've built out the kitchen, okay? Mm. How how did you get the ball? Like you already had the ball rolling though, because you had your yeah. you had your blog going on, right? And you were getting mm -hmm. content. Uh, people was people were seeing your things, um, your, sorry, your pastries. So what was your like? You started? Did you start start more so in the donuts as like your main like product, and then you got to the point where you're now in the chocolate? Is that how you were able to uh, build that momentum? Was with the the donuts? Yeah, I think the donuts certainly are how it started, but I think the bulk of the business and where I saw the most growth was doing events. And that meant like oh. cakes and cookies and awesome. all of these sort of like items. Like I did weddings for a long time. 
Um, so the protein donuts were a great way for me to network mm. because I would go to gyms, right? F45, yep. I was at ALP, um, Health Fitness Academy, Allure Fitness, Outlaw. Yeah. Um, what is that big CrossFit gym? Alchemy CrossFit. Yep. Like, so I was all over the place. Like right. I, I went to Fresh Fit that's on Upper James. Like I was just doing so many events with the protein donuts. So that piece was great for networking, I think. But the bulk of like what financially helped me build the business was doing custom events, like custom orders for people, custom cakes, custom cookies, like all of that stuff. So um, that all was, I think, what helped sustain the business because the donuts, without having a large production facility, it's hard. It's hard to scale up like that business. And then when I started working with chocolate, it started with the hot cocoa bombs and I sold so many of them and I was like, hold on a second. This is a product that I can make ahead of time. Yeah. It has a long shelf life. I can bulk produce them. I can store them easily. Like all, it checked off all of the boxes of something that makes more financial sense business wise. And, and that was kind of it. I started with the hot cocoa bombs and then, um, I got these like molds for chocolate bars and I had them for the longest time, just like collecting dust. Cause I was like, I've never made a chocolate bar for sale before like I've just done little things with chocolate right and then my boyfriend at the time is my fiance now we Congratulations. were like looking at the molds thank you <laughs> we were looking at the molds and he's like you know what we should just put a bunch of like random stuff inside of them like that would be so cool and I'm like yeah like we should do that and I put them on like Instagram or whatever and people just went nuts they were just like what what is this thing like what is going on and then from that response, I was like, you know what? I've had a TikTok before. I'm going to try again because I think these chocolate bars could be something like crazy just for like the shock value. I put them on TikTok. Nothing happened with the account for a while. And then all of a sudden this like one video, I'm watching it just like rack up millions of views. I'm like, oh, wait, wow. what's going on? Yeah. So, and that just took off. Like I'm at 140,000, I think, like roughly there in terms of followers. And I put the chocolate content on there and it just, it gives me so much more creative freedom because I'm not stuck to a donut that I have to get out and I have like a day pretty much to like right. get this product out and like in people's hands and then eat. And I'm like, I can't grow my business like that. Right. People do, you can do it. But for me, it just didn't make sense. So chocolate, I think is where I see my future because this is a product that has a better shelf life. The It immediately communicates what it is. Like people look at it and they're like, holy shit, that's a crazy chocolate bar. Yeah, it doesn't Sorry, look real. I I, no, no, um, no, no, yeah. don't, don't, don't be, uh, don't hold back. Uh, yeah, I, like at first I was like, is that a phone case? I was like, no, that's chocolate, <laughs> yeah. right? That's chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does have that sure. attraction value to it for sure. hundred percent. Once you see yeah. it, like you just want to look at it. You're like, I don't know if yeah. I should, I don't want to, I don't want to eat it. I just want to look at it. I know. And <laughs> as important as that is people also want to show other people and that's a huge like that's a huge thing like a protein donut you can show someone but they're not going to be like is that a protein donut they're just going <laughs> to yeah, be like right? that's a, you know what i mean like they don't mm -hmm. have that instant mm -hmm. like connection with it but if you show the dessert bars especially which are like the bigger like filled ones 
people are just like, holy, like, look at this. Yeah, no. <laughs> and no I doubt. want people to have that like instinct, you know, yeah. to be like, oh my God, look at this. Like, this is crazy. Well, I, I, you know, I have a massive sweet tooth and every time <laughs> I see them, I'm just like, oh, I want one, but I just know I can't, like, I'll sit there and eat the whole thing and then probably have yeah, another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, yeah. I remember you and I, I think we had a conversation not too long ago. I was like, oh, I love your sweets, but I can't buy it. And you're like, why? And I was like, because I'm going to freaking eat it all or something like that. <laughs> you're like, oh, I can't remember what you said. It was funny though. Um, but like, I was like, I know, I know me. Like I just, I have no self-control when it comes to, yeah, yeah. to sweets, but no, that's. Oh, a, that's I think a, I was like, you should get the dark chocolate one because there'll be right. less sugar in it. So if you eat yes. all of them, you'll be okay. That's, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, nope, it's even still a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, it's still a bad choice, but you know what? No, I want to support your business and I want, I want more. Cause I remember when even your, your, your protein donuts, like those are, I, I still like in my palate has like a place like there's certain foods in my life that Aww. I've eaten and like, you know, you always want to remember the taste. So I can, I can always yeah. remember, oh, you know, thank you. Your, your protein donuts because like, you know, when people have eaten anything that has protein in it, you're like, it it's like ready or like it tastes like you're eating yeah, chalk, yucky. right? And yeah. you know, your protein, your protein donuts were like, like you can't just eat one. Like they're just so yeah. good. Right? <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, no, I, there's a, okay. So I want to go back a little bit more. Um, oh. So it's great that you really tapped into, you know, um, getting your name out there, right? Because you are a one army, like you are doing all the work. Um, there's a book yeah. that I'm, I'm reading about business and I can't remember off the top of my head what the title was, but there's like different roles within a business, right? You have the technician, you have mm -hmm. the entrepreneur, you have the person that's doing the marketing and it, there was three main topics, but anyway, so you're basically doing everything, right? So how do you time manage all that, right? Because like you're doing the baking and now you're going to all these gyms to promote yourself. Um, and like, I'm sure you had to, to, to create extra product to give out for free just to kind of get people to say, yeah. okay, yeah, that's cool. Bring it to my gym. Right. Or sure. was, was it a cascade effect in where like word of mouth where people were able to kind of, kind of give you that validation where you didn't have to give out free products. So like, how did you come up with, um, that as your, as your, as your way of marketing out of getting outside of the kitchen, because everything is so like digital now, video, et cetera, right. You have to come to the storefront, yeah. right. You, you were doing a lot of, you know, business to business, a lot of footwork. Mm -hmm. I wish I could say like, it was easy and like, I worked it all out and it was just like no problem, but it was a huge struggle. Like it was a huge, huge struggle, especially being a one, woman show and having to produce the product get it to the gym set up the table do all of the signage make sure that everything was like up to date have the packaging and then still be able to put in four to five hours of FaceTime with people yeah. where i do have to explain the product and i do have to give out samples like even if people know like generally that they're good or that their friend likes them or whatever it's still not enough right, right. people like to try things mm -hmm. and so um different than a chocolate bar where there's this base level of like i know kind of what to expect um with the protein stuff especially or with cakes and like weddings and stuff like that component always really frustrated me because it was like i don't have time for all of this yeah and like an event day is exhausting it's you know a 12 to 14 hour day where i don't 
have the capacity to really have downtime at all throughout that. So yeah, it was a struggle. I still like when I think back, I'm a little bit happy to be <laughs> out of that space. I loved yeah. going to gyms and I loved meeting people and talking to people and, and seeing people try things and be really excited. But some people were also really not nice and oh. it hurts to have people crap on your business to your face Yeah, because you, d you have to put yourself in that position, right? Like I'm there, they're, they're trying it. And even people where I remember I went to a friend's like their friends from the gym and they had a party it was like Thanksgiving or something. And this one gentleman like took a bite and he was just like, I hate it. And I think it's gross. Like, I wish you people would like stop forcing me to eat it. And I was just like, you don't wow. have to like it. I'm not in denial about that. Right. Your product, mm. no matter what business you have, will never be for everyone. But um, I'm, I'm more excited to do that with chocolate than with baking. Right. Baking was a bit gut-wrenching sometimes because you're doing all of that and sometimes you're not making a whole lot of money at the end of the day. Right. Um, so that kind of feedback too, right? Like yeah. That negativity. Yeah, for sure. And especially when, yeah. like, um, when you do weddings and stuff like that. So, like, I'm assuming you have to have, like, the bride and groom come and do taste testing and, like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it seems like a very slow process just to get, you know, to the kitchen. You got to get these people to, like, yeah. to, to try all these flavors out and, and everything like that too which is also very time consuming because it's like you mm -hmm. know you can't charge them for that I, I don't know do you charge them for that time for time you can. you can yeah, yeah you can and i basically what i would do is the tasting package would be a price and then if you book with me that price comes off of your package okay if you don't you have to pay for it okay that's smart so that's, that's very that. smart yeah, yeah because it is very time consuming and like yeah you like i said you're you're one one girl show right like you're doing literally yeah. everything everything um yeah. and you're very generous i noticed with it you know what i mean like and also comes <laughs> along with your personality and stuff like yeah. that too right you're a very humbling person you're great to you know very easy to connect with and talk to and stuff mm -hmm. and um thank you <laughs> yeah no worries um and you know like that also i feel is a big selling point as well right is is that yeah. rapport and relationship that you you establish with people and um yeah. you know it, it it was a very smart move on on your end to to get you know beside the cakes but getting in, in into the gyms and and talking to people mm -hmm. and, and building uh that rapport and I, i'm sure you got a lot of traction from word of mouth as well um yeah you know, which is amazing. Uh, did, yo, did I get you? Did I meet you at ALP or no, not ALP outlaw? Where did I meet you? Well, other than being friends with Colton, who's yeah, like, uh, but did Colton know you first? And then I met, you know what? That's yeah. yeah I met you at Colton's yeah. and then, yeah. um, okay. I think I and got then you. I think again at ALP or no, again, at outlaw maybe. Yeah. It was outlaw. Yeah. But I, yeah. I did I, cause I remember I, I, I think I might've, when there was events that I got, I got you in an F45, right? Like yeah, to come and absolutely. do an event and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think Outlaw was your own hustle. Like you had got there. Cause like, yeah, I remember I was yeah. able to, to help you out and get you in some, some doors with me, which is, which is amazing. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause you came and did donuts, uh, for us at, uh, one of our, our, um, what was it? One of our events at F45 there. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big hit. Like that was awesome. Yeah. Like I remember I, I could not 
stop eating those. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, but yeah, no, it was like, you know, that's just a prime example there. It's like, you know, once people get taste of them and, you know, um, those those open up some doors there. Okay, so actually, you know, I would like to dive into that uh, uh, more on the negative side. So how do you deal with that? When somebody comes to you, Summer, and they give you that immediate feedback, what goes through your mind? Did you have a hard time at the very beginning accepting feedback? Yeah, 100%. I'm a perfectionist. So accepting negative feedback is always going to be hard. Um, I think it has thickened my skin a lot, especially recently, because when you put yourself on the internet, people assume that they can just say whatever they want to you. There's no filter there. And so on TikTok, especially, I get horrible things said to me every day. Like, and at first, that was a really difficult, like, it really, really impacted me in a negative way. And I think I had to take a step back and think, okay, if somebody is giving me negative feedback, I have to ask myself two questions. Is this feedback warranted? Okay, and if it is, how can I use it? And two, if it's not warranted, then how am I gonna respond to it? And I just disregard it. Because if you've never tried the products and you're just being rude, then that's whatever, that's on you. If people give me negative feedback about the product and I can use it, then I have to work with it. I have to allow it to be a learning experience for me that I can take forward. And every negative interaction was a learning experience at the end of the day. Um, Every time I had an issue with someone, my inherent reaction was to get angry and to get upset. And then after that passes, it's like, okay, there's something in here that I can use. How am I going to use it? And every time I do that, I'm a better person and a better business owner and the products are better. And that's what helps maintain my reputation. If I were to just yell at someone and be like, you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. Right. How does that make me look? Right. It doesn't make me look good. Right. I end up looking like the idiot. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where negativity is always going to be there. And I have a vision of what I want to accomplish and who I want to be and what I want to achieve in, in terms of business and in life. And if I keep letting that derail me, like that person's nothing to me. They're just, a troll on the internet i can't let that right stop me so Especially yeah if they've never even had sure. a taste of your product too right like, yeah it's how just can people you... being silly yeah exactly like sure yeah. like you know ooh, maybe my videotaping might be blurry but like okay cool thanks exactly like, yeah keep... like, and that's the thing like this. it's it, the negativity of what i've come to learn is just like it's their own like demons that they're dealing with that they're just trying to push off to somebody else right and yeah there's people out there that just genuinely give you healthy feedback right like and it's not negative it's just hey you know like this didn't work out for me. I didn't like how it tastes. Okay, great. Thanks. Let exactly. me see what I can do to, to fix that. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, you have an image and you have uh, a business that you want to obviously be as positive and, and welcoming to all everything. Right. And like you said, that's yeah. the only way you're going to, going to be able to grow. And that's great that you, you know, learned that because a lot of people mm-hmm. don't, a lot of people just don't deal uh they don't they can't handle feedback very well right and it's like you know what we live in a very like feedback driven world if you can't handle somebody just giving you some advice it is really advice at the end of the day right and they obviously are saying this to allow you to be better at what you do right and it goes along in line with everything right and um Mm -hmm. you know uh, you know it's it's it is it's really um 
you know, exciting to hear that, you know, you're just, you're embracing it all and you're just continuously growing. Cause with, yeah, your, your, your position now, like, you know, that's, you're a lifelong learner. You're always going to be growing and getting better. Right. Um, yeah. that's amazing. So, all right. You're taking a step back from the gyms. You're now, you know, getting more attraction with the chocolate and you're now more, mm-hmm. you know, staying in the kitchen. You don't have to go out there and, 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 um, you know, basically advertise your product right um are you still going back and forth into the donuts and stuff like that or now are you just focusing strictly focusing on chocolate specifically i'm strictly focusing on chocolate yeah i think um for me starting a different business was to also help myself create a separate stream of, of products yeah, I, I have no desire to go back to baking right now. Yeah. Not because I don't like it, but because I don't have time. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't in terms of, you know, I may not be putting in FaceTime at gyms and, and doing like events and stuff, but I still do take a lot of content. And right now, because I'm growing the business, I have to take a lot of steps that I've never taken before. And that requires quite a lot of like research and communicating with people and reaching out to people and booking a lot of meetings and physically going to like look at locations and speak to contractors and do all of those things. So what does that mean? Part. So uh, right now I'm looking at a new space. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So the business has officially grown out of my little kitchen. And, that's what's uh, up. That's yeah. Awesome. So it's, it's, Ooh, that's exciting. it's big. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I have a lawyer now. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. like I never thought that I would like say those words. It's yeah. Like, oh, I have to talk to my accountant. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Let me walk out here so. with my briefcase. No, just... I know, right? Just like, hold on. Let yeah, me just hold on. Put these, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me put my business glasses on. It's time to work. That's awesome, Summer. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, and like, thank I, you. I, I, I'm sure at the time when you had built out this business in your in your mom's uh, basement kitchen there and stuff like that, you got all certified yeah. that you were just like, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. This brings me satisfaction, yeah. fulfillment. And like, I'm sure at the time you weren't thinking like, okay, what's the next step? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's so mm-hmm. exciting to hear that you are at that point where you're just, you know, opening up this whole, you're starting a whole new book. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. book, this book is done and now you're stepping out of the homestead to, to evolve and grow. And so I'm assuming now yeah. um, with wanting to get a new location, you're eventually going to have employees. Is that the next step? Yeah. Awesome. And that's another legal side of things where it's like okay i need insurance and payroll and like wow. a plan to pay these people and a training manual and all of these things so my brain is just like blah, blah, blah. but cool. uh, yeah i'm very i'm very excited i have a couple people lined up not i haven't been able to actually hire them yet but mm-hmm. um i think i'm very afraid to do that and the only thing that has brought me like a little bit of peace is that they were very excited and like I'm not I even an employee. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. I'm very <laughs> excited. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like, I hope that I can be a positive person in their life. I don't want it to be, um, you know, we've all had those jobs where we hate coming to work every day right. or we see our boss calling us and we're like, oh my, oh God, my God, like, yeah. how do I get out of this situation? And that's my worst nightmare. So I really am just trying to, um, put in as much work as I can to develop who I want to be as a business owner so that I can 
serve people, right? right. And so that I can be positive, you know, because at the end of the day, we think of employees and they're treated so poorly sometimes, but it's like, that's the reason you have a business. They're your family. That's the reason that you point. can do. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's the reason that you can do what you do is because yeah. of those people. And so I, I look at it like that and I hope, I really hope that I can like <laughs> wear the boss hat. Well, I hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that's, 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 that's really cool. Okay. So let's, let's play, um, let's paint a picture here. So you got mm. the business running. What's it look like? Mm-hmm. How, how do you want to structure it? So in terms of the actual business right now, there's potentially going to be a retail side of things. Um, but the, the forefront of my orders are online. It's Shopify. It's, it's through the e-commerce platform. So I do a lot of shipping. And so my goal for the business is to be able to diversify those two streams. So I, I've already built the online presence. I want to be a Hamiltonian business. Like I want people to actually want to come and and see the products and talk to me or, or to, you know, to whatever I want to be that like place that people enjoy going. So um, right now it's production mostly to continue to fulfill the online orders and to ship them out and to do all of that stuff. But I hope that over time, the retail side of things can, Tim can grow into multiple locations as well, not just one storefront, right? I'd, I'd like to see growth eventually. Of course. Um, is there going to be mm-hmm. education components behind that? Are you planning to do like workshops and, um, you know, a lot of teaching um, opportunities, I guess, for, for your employees? Yeah, I hope so. I think even just for to host a class would be really fun. I've done them privately. So um, I don't consider myself a teacher really, but I've had a little bit of experience with that and teaching workshops and doing those kinds of things. And with chocolate, there's so much that people don't know about how it works. Like, yeah. There's just no like frame of reference for people because it's so specialized. So if I'm able to offer a little bit of um, education for people, they might have fun, they might learn something and it might increase their connection with the brand as well, because they have this inside view of how things work that maybe other people don't and it's like oh that's really cool like i went there and i learned all of these things and she was really great and the products are awesome whatever so it's a nice way of building a a smaller network of people that have a good connection to the business yeah well hey i look i look forward to learning more about it because i've always been fascinated um how you do what you do because it does not look easy and uh, (laughs) you know like yeah anything you need once you get that up and rolling let me know i'm gonna let everybody thank you so much yeah no doubt absolutely okay summer um i I would love to tap more into like your fitness side of things because you know Mm. like this is one thing i've always been curious because i know if i was in front of sweets all day the gym would probably never be a thought. So how, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Uh, so like, you know, it, like how do you manage, you know, your health and wellness when you're working with sweets, right? Because like obviously you've got a taste test. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Like how do you balance those things out? Because um, like, yeah, yo, you've done CrossFit. You, you've you've done a lot of yeah. strength training. Olympic like, lifting. Yeah, Olympic hit, lifting. Yeah. Right? Like you and I have both been there together, right? Yeah, you know, we sure. were at yeah. Outlaw together for a bit. We were at AOP. Yeah. So like you, yeah. you are a beast in the gym. You do not hold <laughs> back when it comes down to your training. So like, what does that look for yeah. you, look like for you now, you know, and running a business? Yeah. Um, I would say the 
past like eight months or so it, I just felt like my gym progress just stopped like it just, like putting the business and growing it and having that at like the forefront of my mind made it really hard to stay active um but it's still something that I feel like if I if I let it get too far away from me I'm like in a really bad position mentally and physically right like my job is physical I have to lift heavy bags and boxes and I have to sure physically be on my feet all day moving around and maintain that like strength and energy. So from a very practical point of view, that's why I do it because I feel like if you are able to have a healthy body, you're just better prepared for life. You're better prepared to deal with your stress. You're better prepared to deal with people. You're just in a better position. So for me, I need to be physical all day long. I need to be able to do that without, you know, getting exhausted. Um, it was definitely easier to manage. I feel like before when I was working with gyms more closely and right. having a bit more free time, even though I was working a lot of hours with chocolate and growing the business, I just, my whole day is just booked with that kind of stuff. So I definitely skip more days now, but I look at it as like a bit protective too, because okay. if I train every day, I'm just going to burn out even more quickly than I'm already preparing myself to do. So it's a, it's a balance for sure. And then in terms of consuming, um, I don't look at it really as like, Oh, I can't have this or I can have that. It's just, it's about balancing. Like I make the space in my diet for those kinds of things because the rest of my diet is pretty consistent. Right. And so I'm able to be flexible when I need to be and not stress about it too much. It's like, I know that I'm going to work out. I know that I'm active. I know that, you know, I'm going to eat all of these things that are going to provide what my body needs. And for the rest of it, I can have that kind of deviation without going like, oh, my God, like, this is my job. I need to make sure that everything tastes perfect. Um, and I'm not going to feel guilty about the taste testing and stuff like that, because that's just part of what I need to do. So. Awesome. Great answer. Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing, like, you know, it does come down to that, that balance for anybody, regardless if you work, if you work with, with sweets or not. Right. And, yeah, um, for sure. you know, I, I, it, it's one of those things that a lot of people think like, oh, when I'm working out, like I have to sacrifice everything in my, in my, my life. You know what I mean? When it comes mm-hmm. down to, you know, enjoying the, the the small things right when it comes around food yeah. and it just goes to show from you know your your journey with or your relationship with food to this point now how you've been able to really you know um have a strong relationship with it right and that's the thing it's like mm-hmm. okay like you know this is a part of your job you need to taste test you need to make sure everything is perfect so it's like okay that's mm-hmm. maybe five percent out of your 95 percent, right when it comes down to yeah, your, your nutrition sure. overall and yeah. you know i think more people need to understand like okay you could still enjoy life you could still have that healthy sure. balance and uh, i'm sure yeah. there's days that you know it's a little bit higher than others but that's just that's just it yeah. is what it is that's right? life yeah that's life that's so um sure. is there a certain type of training that um you know you you, you found the best result or, or sorry, that you've used that give, has provided you the best results for you to maintain the, the, the lifestyle you want to, to live? Is it more cardio or strength base? Yeah. I think for me, strength training is always going to be it. Like okay. in, in what capacity it depends. Like I, I really didn't like CrossFit a whole lot. I'm not going to lie. Like I liked the cardio component and I liked the strength component, but the Olympic lifting just 
when I focused on that, I just felt like really incompetent and really down on myself. Cause like, look at my arms. Like they, <laughs> like I'm not like these arms are meant not meant for Olympic lifting. Like my leveraging just didn't make sense for that. And I was comparing myself to people who one were really good at it and two had leveraging and, and the biomechanic kind of um, positioning that made it make sense for them. And so for me, I just would prefer general strength training. So I still make sure I'm benching, deadlifting, squatting, building out my main kind of like strength building movements and then adding in accessories to support it. And then cardio just so I can sweat and feel good. <laughs> um, and just trying to be a lot more moderate. Like before I was like, if it's not CrossFit, then I didn't really work out. If I didn't like puke, then I didn't really work out. If I didn't right. do this and it's like, no, like I have to balance my physical activity with how much stress is in my life. And because my stress has gone so much higher, I'm like, okay, the gym shouldn't be the place where I'm like going nuts and <laughs> yeah. like really like depleting myself because I still need to give more at the end of the day. So that's right. uh, definitely more balanced in strength training with a bit of cardio for sure is like the sweet spot for me. That's for being awesome. healthy, maintaining muscle mass and still feeling like good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's great. And, yeah. you know, the reason why I asked that question, because, you know, um, I find with women specifically have a um, or not, you know, I don't even want to put, a, you know, a gender on it. I, there's some clients that I have that mm -hmm. same thing. They think cardio is the main way to, you know, burn the weight yeah. off and, and, and have this balance. But it's like, no, you're just burning calories. You're not putting anything, anything there to fill yeah. the position where those calories used to be. And what I mean by that yeah. is putting on muscle mass or muscle and, sure. and that that that's what gives you that tone feature and allows you to, you know, stay strong throughout the day and your metabolism, mm -hmm. testosterone, everything, right? Like you need yep. those, you need to be strength training and then sprinkling in the cardio there if you're looking to maintain, right? Because you're going to be yeah. more, um, your, your metabolism is going to be higher with the more muscle that you have on the body. And so it's great that, sure. you know, you, you noticed, now, was this just by person, like some, your, your investment into education to understand that, or was that something that you just noticed, uh, that was, was a benefit for you? Yeah, I think it was definitely a bit of like experimenting. Um, I'm lucky that I've just had a lot of great access to training facilities. And so. Um, I've always had different places to train and, and great places to train where I'm able to kind of like experiment. And I know when I do certain things, I burn out quicker or I don't necessarily enjoy it as much. And I found the balance that kind of works for me just by trying so many different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everything, everything, team sports, solo sports, running, cross country, like Olympic lifting, CrossFit, cardio, like everything. It's just, I've, I've kind of explored everything and that helped me a lot because you have to try things out. I did martial arts for a while. Like oh, I just, yeah, I remember, yeah. it's like trying to, trying to just find what, what works for you and not thinking of it like this, I have to make this work for me because this is what I think should work. It's like, no, try things, see how it works. Your body's going to respond totally differently, especially women, right? Like our, our hormonal profile is very delicate sometimes with respect to the stress that we're taking on and so you have to be mindful of that when you're when you're looking at what will work like doing a an hour long like hit session might not be the best thing for you no, or like running right. for an hour might not be the best thing for you mm. so 
Yeah, no, that's great yeah. advice, Summer. I love that. And, you know, like how you had mentioned before is like looking at your stress levels and making sure that you are, you know, not putting more fatigue on the body and the mind because, yeah, you still have work to do. You have other things that you're trying to accomplish over the day, especially for you as well. You know, yeah, it is a phys- physically intensive job. You're on your feet all day long like you said you're lifting bags up of of different products etc and like yeah like you're working with your hands your shoulders so the best thing you can do is make sure that your strength Mm -hmm. is on top of its game because it's just going to allow you to be more you know in tuned with you know how you are interacting with the things that you have to do on a day-to-day and like that like i said that's why i wanted kind of to tap into this a little bit more just to kind of bring that validation up to people that are, are leaning so hard towards cardio as their main like um outlet like it's a great outlet but it's a good thing as well when you start to put the strength on the body that you're going to get more out of what you're you're looking for when it comes down to you know energy production and 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 just being a more well-rounded human right and you know like i said it's i just think it's a a very important topic that people need to hear especially in your position Mm -hmm. as a chef as a baker you know like you can't forget about strength training. And like this podcast isn't about that, but it's just one of those things that just allowing you to keep setting the bar high for yourself and, and just mm-hmm. really excel um, to, to make this, you know, this, this future of yours to, to, to keep growing. Cause if you're growing and taking your health and everything else also comes along with it. Right. Um, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. I'm, I'm proud of you. You're doing an amazing job. So, so do you have a, a date already that you, um, the, like, or have you chosen location yet? I guess you're still scouting yeah. out where you want to be, right? So. so I have a place pretty much in the works. I just have to make sure that I can get the proper zoning for it okay. and that um, I can get the legal side of things all figured out for that location. And as long as that's good to go, then then I'm locked in there. So uh, hopefully it works out and um, hopefully I can make everything happen when it needs to so that I'm not stuck scrambling. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, well, good luck. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I look forward to, to hearing more about what you got going on. This has been an amazing talk. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. And, um, you know, thank you for no sitting down with me and, and, and uh, um, sharing what you got going on. It's been a long time, like I said, since the last time we have yeah. spoken. Um, is there anything else you would love to share about your business? Um, no, I think I think that's it. I make chocolate. I hope it's clear I'm very passionate about what I do right. and I, I love making people happy. That's my goal is to, to touch as many lives as possible and to hopefully inspire people to not look at their limitations. And so that's my, that's my advice is just to, to not let things hold you back and, and to not expect things to go smoothly every single day, every day. Is of course, but, but just hope. keep, keep trying. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing you've, yeah. you've continuously tried to, you know, better yourself and look how far you've come through, you know, going through anorexia and stuff. And then, you know, battling mm-hmm. with school and, you know, finding the path that you now want to go down that gives you the most fulfillment, mm-hmm. right. And that passion. And then, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, you know, I, I had a conversation with, with, um, you've might've met a miracle, um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So we still talk. We we just did a podcast not too long ago. But like, you know, he said, like, there's things that you do when you're a kid that is actually what you want to do in the future. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and 
it, it, you don't think about it at the time because it's just at the time when you're a kid, you're just having fun. And like, this is something that you enjoy doing. Right. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's really cool to see how those things stick with you throughout life and you know now they're your sure. career or whatever right and uh yeah no it's 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 really cool to um see the connection on how you've really used baking as a form of of like enjoyment and fun sure. and, and passion and now you know like you're, you're you're taking that and sharing that same energy with other people and and want them to have mm -hmm. the same experience with with you know, experimenting with baking and chocolate and stuff. So, um, yeah, is there, sure. a, is, I'm just curious, like maybe this is some like insider stuff that you're not allowed to share, but like, what's the next step with your baking? Like, is there like other things that you would love to really tap into inside chocolate specifically? Like, do you want to expand more into like the artistic side of it? And, and, and like, cause I've been watching some baking shows, my girlfriend throws them on sometimes. And there's like, there's <laughs> yeah. some crazy things you can we do always, with chocolate. We always loop you in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I do that with my fiance too. And he's like learning so many things and he'll make references now. I'm like, yeah. I'm so proud of you for knowing what that is. <laughs> um, but for me, um, having some more confectionery options. So like candy, marshmallows, like oh, cool. that kind of like side of things. And then to just continue to offer more flavors. I, I have a lot more vegan flavors that I'm working on, um, getting up there and ready. So just having more options for people. Um, I think that's that's kind of my that's kind of my goals to just keep keep kind of focused and and trying to be as inclusive as possible. That's amazing, awesome. Yeah. And I, I guess this is a topic I didn't get it, uh, too much into, but like when it comes down to the products that you do choose, are you, now is it like open range? Are you going all out with like everything so you can have like an easier time creating what it is that you're trying to create? Because I know like you know mm -hmm. people try to do the, the the healthiest route possible, right? Like with yeah. with the products, or like is is or do you still like focus on like you know like you said the vegan side and like the, yeah. the cleaner products? So at, for a period of time, I was trying to push more of like the dark chocolate and no sugar added and all of those kinds of things. So that's what I like. Like that's the kind of chocolate that I gravitate towards is just, I like bitter, strong flavors. I like like black coffee and dark chocolate and like all of that kind of stuff. But really from a business perspective, it's not about what I want to do. And those products just didn't gain as much traction as the other products. So I'm going with what works. I'm going with what people excites people. I'm not trying to promote it as like, you should have these for breakfast or every day or whatever. It's just their treats, right? And so if I have that perspective, I wanna make it the best treat that you could possibly have for those people that do care about their health and they only have them every once in a while, right? Like you want it to be amazing. You don't wanna feel let down. So I do wanna offer some healthier options, but the point is to kind of be extravagant and to make it, if you're going to only have it once in a while, to make it be a big experience. Amazing. Good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. For sure. Well, Summer, thank you so much once again for your time. Thank Where you. can people Thanks find Thanks for you? having me, Spencer. You can find me um, on TikTok at DessertCo, D-S-R-T-C-O, on Instagram at The Dessert Company. The website is thedessertcompany.com. And then Facebook, you can just look up The Dessert Company and you'll, you'll find me there. And the email links and all of that stuff are on all the social media. Yeah, so you can just look up any of them. I'll, I'll make sure to put that on the description as well. So people uh, can yeah, click on that and, and find you easily. And uh, yeah, so, yeah thank, you. thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Spencer. No problem. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. Bye.
Sounds good. Bye. Bye.